Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. It's Janine Toro here. We're an LGBT podcast highlighting people in the community doing some incredible things with their lives and careers. And we're here to share these stories with you, our listeners. I'm really excited. Today we have on Brandon Salerno, Brian Peltier, and Maddie Frazier of Outlicious TV, which I will pass over to you guys to talk a little bit more about Outlicious TV and about what you guys are doing there. Yeah, so I'm Brian Peltier. I am the uh, the founder of Outlicious TV. It's a LGBT media, like right now it's a YouTube channel. Um, we started in 2007 with, with a uh, web channel, and then we moved into film production. Now we're back on the web again as time has gone on. And yeah, we specialize in a lot of web series and feature films, short films, and stuff like that. I'm uh, Maddie Frazier. I am a, a one of the producers and writers and performers uh, with Outlicious CV. Yeah, it's the same thing as Brian, <laughs> except not the founder. I'm Brandon. I play Charlie in one of the web series that Brian and Maddie have created called Flying High with Charlie about a gay flight attendant searching for love and the turbulence along the way. <laughs> I like that, the turbulence. Brian, do you want to talk a little bit about your original idea for Outlicious and kind of how it evolved? Yeah, so way back, I was living in LA in like 2007 and I was working with this writer actually on a, his, he wrote a film called Confessions of a Teenage Go-Go Boy. <laughs> and I was helping him develop it, and we started going through the process. We even we started getting a little funding and some casting, but then everything fell apart. But then I was actually I was in school taking a radio class. Uh, I went to school for uh, TV, film, radio, and all that, and, and I hated my radio class. But then we did this whole thing about like radio programming, and and I realized. I could probably do something like this online with video because it's so everything is so specialized. So just for like gay stuff. And at the time, we weren't even thinking about YouTube because YouTube was just like people doing stupid videos. There was nothing really that serious on it back because I think it kind of started around 2007. So we actually started on a, the Bright Cove platform and uh, and the writer that I was working with, his name was Tony Jarrett. He wrote a couple series for us. And we started producing them and we had like a big launch and it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was, and at the time we were one of the very few people doing web series things because it wasn't really, um, it was at the beginning of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. And with that, I guess, you know, how did you then get it into all these different web series? Yeah. So I kind of just, well, so we, we had our launch and it was running online for a while, but at the time the way the platforms were like, you couldn't do advertising on YouTube. You couldn't do anything like that. So I kind of dropped it a little bit like around 2010 or so and started just doing short films. And uh, I did a feature film fishnet, which is still on Outlicious now. And so then through that, I ended up doing the whole film festival circuit and you end up meeting a lot of people involved in the gay and lesbian film world. And, uh, you know, you start with through all that networking. I, kind of started going, well, why don't I get back into this? And it took a couple of years. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to write. And Flying High with Charlie was actually the first web series I wrote in a long time. And I wrote that, what, a couple of years? uh, It was uh, uh, nearly two years ago. Yeah, nearly two years ago. And so, and it was kind of funny because I wasn't even thinking about doing 
anything like this again. And then it just kind of popped up and then I started having fun and started getting a good reaction. And so I was like, let's start making more. <laughs> it's, it, part of it was like, we had kind of met around the same time and we were talking, he was doing a lot of dance videos at that time. And he would tell me about this web series idea about flying higher with Charlie, which initially wasn't, Charlie was actually a girl, a a black girl <laughs> initially uh, or it's kind of like a, gr- a more of a sassy lady not necessarily no, a black girl it was uh, flying high with chandra about a single jewish oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, with really uh, abrasive parents you know because she's she was turning 30 and she was still single and you know living like uh she was 18 still <laughs> i think also part of that was like because we were talking i was like i feel and he'll probably disagree with me on this. I I, remember, I think at some point I said, I think it should be like just a gay guy, like right from what you do, because you, you love that. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you love it is like in quotation marks. But and he kind of like it kind of started evolving into like this really great web series. Yeah. And how I mean, I guess a question I have, too, around this. This doesn't seem like it's something simple, right? Like you got you're talking about this as if it's very it just sort of happened and it evolved. Right. But. I'm assuming it was a lot of work. Like, how did you go about getting, you know, the right people on your team to, you know, to develop this writing and the story and the right actors and everything kind of all like that in between? So, yeah, for well, the writing part to me, like I always just I, I used to uh, just go over to the library and Lincoln Center and just do all the writing on my own. And <laughs> And sit there all day with all the homeless people <laughs> on my computer, and I would, and then I would, I would pass along the script over to Maddie and let him look it over, and then you know it was just a lot of rewrites, kind of very internally, and then casting. You know, for me, it, it was one of my first projects in New York. My previous video projects were all dance related, so I kind of had to start from scratch. Maddie's involved in the uh, improv and the sketch world here, like UCB and the Pit and all that here in New York. And so he was able to recommend some people, but it was really nice to go in and uh, we kind of just, we did a, you know, we did a open call for submissions and then we called some people in and we saw a lot of different types of people. And then Brandon came in and it was uh, actually kind of cool because he was completely different from every single other person that we saw that day. So that was uh, like everybody else was kind of just this, uh, I don't know, just, you know, this typical, like, young gay boy thing that you see in a lot of gay shorts, like, mm-hmm. or a series that it was like, okay, well, this isn't anything special. And then Brandon came in, and he just had a unique way of, of performing. And it's kind of, it's like we always said for him, our favorite thing is, is that you can tell he's listening. He's always listening. with brandon he was just very quirky like in the room like we still have his videotape audition and it's like uh, brian every once in a while before we'll we shoot another episode or a couple episodes he'll watch it which i think is so funny oh my god uh because it's it's really it was really a really great audition it was also mine mine and uh brian's first time working together which was a like a beginning process because like we were learning how to work together and it was like really great to be, to be a part of it and seeing his process and him even letting me have the opportunity to uh, cast me in it as well. I, he made me audition. It was a very <laughs> weird process because uh, I sat behind the table and then he made me get in front of the table and he filmed me. <laughs> Not intense I at all. 
I remember the audition. I remember we were at like Shetler uh, Studios, something like that. I remember afterwards, I I didn't think that I like had gotten it. For I was just like, oh, this that was a fun audition. I, it didn't cross my mind that like I would actually get it. I don't know. It just didn't hit me like in that moment. Like I knew I really enjoyed it, and I I loved the script and everything. But I like had just gone about the rest of my day, and I didn't think much about it. And I think I remember I had was like went away the weekend or something that. Brian had sent out the casting decision and I like, didn't get back right away because I didn't have email or something. And I remember when I got it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared that like they might have gone with someone else. That I didn't respond quick enough or something like that. And I, I remember I like responded back so frantically, like the minute I got it and I was very excited. Yeah, that was just a little bit about like what I was going through, like that weekend leading up to it. How does it feel to be part of a series that's actually LGBT focused, like you being gay and then also being a part of like a LGBT film. Oh, it's, I think it's absolutely amazing. Like I think that as an actor and as someone who like cares about obviously LGBT representation and, you know, the fight for equality that is obviously still going on. I feel like, the best way that I can sort of contribute is to use the skills that I feel that I am strongest with, and that would be acting. So if I can use acting in like a way to also advance my career and get to the next level and have a great experience, but also to do something that somehow helps the community by expanding that representation, then that's phenomenal. That is a job done. That is great. That is, that's like the best, most rewarding thing. Yeah, I, I I will say, though, that um, Charlie was the first role that I actually played a gay character. <laughs> and I, and I, I think it was also the first time, you know, in the series that I had kissed another guy on camera in terms of acting. <laughs> in terms of acting, you kiss guys on the camera for fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, so I think, like... For me, personally, in terms of coming out only two years prior to that time when we shot those episodes, I think it was two years prior, that for me was also just a personal challenge just to be able to like not have that stand in the way of my craft going through that process of coming out and everything and being able to say, like, I am totally 100% comfortable that I can do this in my acting life and it doesn't affect that either. Something else that's interesting to me just generally is this notion of society when straight, when there'll be straight actors playing gay roles, they're like, Oh, so-and-so played that part so well. But if it's vice versa, like a gay actor playing a straight role, it's not discussed in that same light. So it's interesting to me to be part of the LGBT community and also play quote unquote that role. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think like I think that is a very interesting point and I think um that's something that obviously I think maybe should be talked about more like, you know, when we talk about representation in film and TV, not just with sexuality but also with race. I I don't know. I think it's a very important discussion that I think needs to keep on happening. Yeah. I can I completely agree on that. How do you currently get most of your following? Like where are you hearing from people, like, how are they discovering you? How did this sort of get into the hands of the LGBT people? 
So for Atlicious in general, I would say most of our discovery comes from within YouTube. When we look at our analytics, it shows like I think 80% of our viewers are from, you know, within the, from suggested videos and then they end up subscribing to us. But we also have like, we've gotten some things like, uh, what's the blog toll road? He's uh, covered flying high with Charlie. And then of course, uh, the big gay picture show, which is a big website for gay film and TV and all that. They've covered a lot of our shows and it those help because usually they have a lot of following within their own area so generally that's our biggest thing however i find that we're still a lot of people still don't even know we exist so it's always any little bit i'm like please i want everyone to know about us (laughs) well yeah i mean absolutely And, and that's why i'm curious because you know i mean this age of technology right you could be posting on every social media you can be word of mouth you could be telling everyone like it's just like there's so much information that it could be just missed. Like, you could be retweeted by someone with, like, a million followers, but it's, like, the percentage is actually going to see it and then actually click on it and interact with it. One of our, like, most successful tweets was during one of the Republican debates about Jeb Bush when he said something about giving somebody a warm kiss. And I didn't even... I just tweeted it for fun, and I and it was on the Outlish's account. And the next thing you know, I, I was Googling one day, and I see that a couple, like... Uh, websites posted the tweet in their like you know top ten tweets about the Republican debate or something. Oh, that's awesome! It's like oh, out of everything we post, this is. <laughs> it's yeah. funny though. I am. Um, I went to Atlantic City over the summer, and I was standing there, like just in like the, one of the casinos, and two guys came up to me and said, "Excuse me," and I'm thinking at this moment like. Oh my god! Like I'm, I don't work here. Like please don't bother me. I'm on vacation, and and they go, "Are you the flight attendant on YouTube?" And what? I really, yeah. Like, I was like, this is absolutely insane. Like in my mind, I was like so shocked. Like I'm in Atlantic City. I'm not even in like I'm not even like in New York or like anywhere that I would think someone would recognize me from YouTube. Like that's so crazy. And I I literally was like, "You made my day." Like thank you so much. And um, they were a lovely couple, and they. They, they said they really enjoyed the series. So it gets out there, I think. Some people definitely um, hear about it in some way if people are being able to recognize me, I guess. <laughs> One of my um, favorite things, uh, so my, my day job outside of Outlicious is I work as a flight attendant. But I don't like to, especially with this series, because it can get really fishy if you are like you know posting this and associating with your work. But it's really funny when sometimes my coworkers, because you we have a lot, and you never every time you go to work, you're meeting people for the first time that you're working with, and they'll be like, "Oh, I saw this really funny thing," and they end up showing you your own series, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that's pretty awesome." Yeah, we've been growing so much in the past couple of years. It's it's kind of been insane. Our Twitter, Instagram, it's like as we get more active and create more and more, it, that's basically how you grow you just keep creating <laughs> and like almost i hate to say this but you sometimes you got to ignore the numbers which we do sometimes because like if you get kind of caught up with it then you don't create for what you want to create and what you want to make but we've had so many lucky breaks these past couple of years not only with flying charlie but other series you know what's uh, the youtube subscribers up to now it's like 16,000 something right uh, yeah. 16 probably 200 I haven't looked in the past few days but it's probably around 16,200 we had um 
a traffic drop recently. I was trying to figure out why because I'm like, what did we do wrong? But it's, I guess this is a good thing. So at one point, our large, our largest audience was actually Saudi Arabia. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, and Indonesia, and so it's the two most populous Muslim countries, and it's that's exciting. But at the same time, you also get a little worried because you're hoping your viewers aren't getting in trouble for watching your stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially in either of those countries. We had a traffic drop, and I'm trying to figure out what it was. And then I looked, and actually, there's our Saudi Arabia audience almost fell off the map. So they must have put up some sort of firewall or something there. Wow. But at the same time, our U.S. audience has been growing, and our U.K. audience has been growing, which from a business side is really good because that's where you know there's advertising money here. YouTube and uh, Google ads don't really play that well, you know, out in the very religious countries. So. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get feedback from any of your viewers? Like I'm sure people give you excellent feedback and there are other people that maybe you've not gotten good feedback just because people, you know, have different perspectives on things. How have you dealt with that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, YouTube, you know, is feedback central um, where people sometimes will just comment gay <laughs> and you're like, yes, it is. <laughs> and so it's really funny, especially when you get like the weird bullies that like to do that. Cause you're like, you know, why are you even finding this content and watching it? And, uh, but you do get, sometimes you get some constructive stuff. I would say uh, you get a lot of, you'll get a lot of positive stuff. And then sometimes the negative stuff isn't that constructive. It's just weird. You know, I had a friend from L.A. once send me a message well after the fact about it. That was just kind of like, I forget. It was something about like the production thing. And it was like, well, you know, can't do anything about it now. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then now we actually it's on Amazon Prime as well. A few of our shows, Flying High with Charlie, especially. And that's actually a whole different world of feedback because people like to write like entire papers and uh it can be really good or really bad, but I do like that you can tell they actually watched everything because it's every single review usually is very detailed. <laughs> Which, I mean, in some ways I could see it being helpful to gauge like what people are liking and what they're not liking, but also still maintaining your vision. Yeah, and I find that, you know, sometimes, especially with YouTube and gay films, they just want, you know, like... For some reason, they don't want to watch porn, but they, so but they make demands that like YouTube should essentially be porn for them. And so, once in a while, you'll get comments where it's more about like the actors weren't naked enough or something like that, or, or just you know, very, wow, you'll get very like you get like very superficial. That's what I'm looking very yeah. like superficial comments on things, and some things I'll let because I I. Once in a while, if the thing is ridiculously stupid, negative, I actually do delete it because it has no substance and it's only going to bring down people that were involved in it if they read it and it doesn't mean anything. So I do filter some of the stuff like that because I go, it has no business being out there. Some people just say terrible, like negative things. And it's just like, what's the, I mean, there, it's a, it's the online world. It's the world of like that people want to be bullies online or just say whatever comes into their head, even if it's not appropriate. And, and some of the things are positive. Like we recently had Charlie on an episode of gay turns, which is a show that I wrote and Brian directed. 
And in the comments, they said they knew Brandon or there would be a cameo of some sort. But we don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing based on how they commented. (laughs) It was just all capital letters. So it's like some of it and some of them, of course, are mean. But I feel like if you listen to all those comments, the negative comments, you kind of can get consumed by them. And it can kind of like strangle your creativity to a little to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's a fine line, right? I mean, we're in this age of like, we can share all this information and all this content. But it's just, you know, like, that other side of it too to be mindful of. I I found sometimes so I had, um, there are two shorts I did that are on YouTube, that always bring in like a ton of comments. One was everybody's having sex, but Ryan. And it's just like a gay sex comedy. It's it's a little trashy, but it's really stupid. It's not supposed to be serious at all. But you'll get sometimes, and it's a it's a full on comedy, and it played on at film festivals. And but you'll get comments from people like that look at it more as a message. And somebody said the writers of this are homophobic. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it portrays gay men as being this slutty or whatever. And so I just left it up. I was a little annoyed with it and I didn't comment. And it was really, I just sat back because all these other commenters, cause it was, it's over 2 million views. Now all these other commenters went after this girl from Canada that made this huge speech about how we were homophobic for making this. <laughs> oh, there's another monster in the closet, which is like a, about a young hooker and it's a then some conservative closeted preacher and it ends up in the murder suicide at the end it's very dark but people will comment that they just didn't like that the young guys with that old gross guy and i'm like oh come on i'm like that's the point (laughs) yeah it's just a really interesting line he's like i'm not making porn i'm not gonna have some like gorgeous old guy and that's this is not that whole point was is that he's selling himself for this grossness you know (laughs) i mean we don't have the money to make porn so why would we (laughs) (laughs) good point (laughs) why don't we talk a little bit about flying high with charlie and kind of like what what the show is about and kind of how you were inspired to create it so flying high with charlie it's a well it's a gay romantic comedy web series and um, as i mentioned before i originally back uh, a few years ago i started writing an outline for flying high with chandra and so i met maddie almost a couple years ago and he's involved in the comedy world here and we were talking he said he wanted to work on some projects of his own and it kind of i'm I'm kind of a competitive person kind of kind of (laughs) He's completely a competitive person. Like, if one of my web shows did better, he'd probably lose his shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, well, you know what? I want to do something. So I I was going through all my outlines of different things, trying to, and I was like, oh, I have this one. And so then, you know, after talking with Maddie, I was like, well, I can actually put it back, I can put it onto Outlicious by making it a gay character. And we just changed Chandra to Charlie. And then everything else ended up changing a lot, too. Um, because in the original script, his uh, or her parents were like a big feature in it. So it, it changed a lot, but then came together pretty quickly. And it's kind of it kind of does this thing where it goes, I kind of gear it towards there's some sort of inside jokes for like flight attendants in it about kind of like the job. But then we kind of bring it back about just being a young gay person that's single in the city 
that all the little things you have to deal with and then kind of merging them at the same time in the in the second episode he has a bunch of dates and you know all these guys right away they want to talk about his job and see if they can get like a free ticket or or they make the assumption because he's a flight attendant that he's a he's a slut on the road and things like <laughs> that. Yeah, well, Brandon, I'm sure you have a little more on it. Yeah, I mean, f- from an acting perspective and like just my background in acting and specifically in comedy, to me, like the writing and the scenarios felt like a glove. Like I, I couldn't like every scene. Like I'm, I'm always like, okay, like I get where the joke is and like where the beats are supposed to be and like where that's supposed to land and like what the reaction should be. Like it, it very, it fits very well with like the style that I really love to play in terms of comedy. I think the storylines are so great because you can literally do a couple episodes and then like throw in like a whole other twist. Oh, the frequent flyer, which is like season two, but it's like, you literally can create all these little different scenarios and all these different characters can come in and out and there's just like a lot of freedom with that. And I think that definitely keeps it fresh and entertaining. And especially also with the Halloween episode, which was the latest episode that we shot, like that episode, I think was my favorite in the end of it all, which is really <laughs> funny. So I think there were a lot of favorite moments, but I think that episode, I just remember when we were on set that day, like that was just so much fun. I mean, the set was amazing at YouTube space in the city Everybody was like on their game acting wise and the concept was hysterical. Yeah, that's the one I tuned into. And it was funny because, you know, it's funny. It's like just the, it's like the right amount of balance, right? It's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Goofy, funny, but also like, you know, keeping things in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I'm assuming is everyone on set uh, LGBT? Not Really? Let's see. Let me think about... So, like, all the female flight attendants we've had throughout the series, they're all straight, and they play straight girls anyway. Yeah. In the Halloween episode, our little guy at the hotel, he is. And then, actually, all the male zombies are, (laughs) because uh, um, they're all actual flight attendants in real life. The girls, I don't know. I've never met them before until they showed up on set. So. Yeah, because I, I, I do uh, a lot of what I do a lot of like the side character bookings. Like I find people and I help put that all together because I know I have lots of friends. And <laughs> yeah. uh, surprisingly, I know. But uh, <laughs> but like sometimes we'll get we'll get really lucky and get some really great people uh, throughout the casting process. The casting process has been by far, especially specifically for Charlie, has been the easiest one we've ever had. Because, like, all the actors just seem to gel together. Like, even in the first season, we had Brandon worked with um, Kelsey, Kelsey and who was the first flight attendant we had. And they had worked together before. So it was yeah, very like, sure. easy to, like, it's like this world kind of, like, once we had Brandon, everything kind of started falling into place in terms of the casting. And a lot of the, as far as, like, the LGBT, um, for the most part, anyone that is gay in the series is played by a gay person if I'm not mistaken. And some, there have been a few people that we cast that we were like, I, we don't know for a fact, cause we didn't blatantly ask that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, as you shouldn't be, but it's just a, it, it's just something that's interesting to me. And I think it's more about like the sense of chemistry and like the people that are working together on this set, like having a good energy. And I, I was just curious to kind of get the behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh Yeah. 
No, and then, yeah, and for us, we shoot very, like, bare with our production. Usually it's, like, maybe a PA and definitely a sound person and then Maddie and myself. Generally, that's all we have going on backstage. This time we had a makeup girl, too. And this time, we always seem to have New York's weird with booking sound people. I couldn't tell if this sound guy was... I don't know. We didn't really talk to him that much. So <laughs> everyone's sexually fluid now. Like everyone yeah. is. It's yeah. Like, it, there are moments where I was like, is that like the in thing? Is that what it is? <laughs> because like when I, uh, for me personally coming out of the class, I was like, I was gay. Like there, it was like, I was super gay. There was no middle ground. There was no, for me personally, I wasn't like coming out as bisexual first. I was like, oh yeah, I'm super gay. And now, like, people that are talking to me, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I go both ways. And I was like, I can't relate to that, but I understand it. But there are times when I'm like, is it because it's popular? Is that what it is? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah it, 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 well, what's interesting about it is, I, I mean, at least personally for me, I think there's a huge spectrum, right? It's not so black and white. There's a lot of gray. and But it does. It almost becomes this, like, trend or something. Like, oh, you know, is everyone just sexually fluid now? Or is everyone sort of exploring? Is this just natural human behavior? But it's interesting to know that you absolutely knew 100%. Well, for me, it was like the first time I ever kissed a girl, I was like, no, this is not working. I actually had eaten uh, Wendy's, and it just did not sit well after that. (laughs) I like how you remember what you ate the day you kissed a girl. (laughs) So with all this, where do you see the LGBT community in the future? Well, hopefully, you know, it's kind of weird because I kind of find, you know, you want the you want the equality with where everything is just normalized. Like, you know, it's it's suddenly you kind of want to be like Denmark where they don't really have any gay bars anymore because they just have bars. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. But then at the same time, you find that then you also lose kind of the identity with it. And so when that happens, it's like, it's the same thing with like content like this. If you suddenly, you know, are suddenly it just becomes like, it's kind of nice that we kind of fall into this special category of LGBT content. But then if it starts to evolve, where it's just like a normal thing all the time, I always go, is that going to put me out of business? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's this, there's an interesting dynamic with that. I mean, it goes back to me and sort of this whole thing about labeling and community and how, you know, there's this really positive side to it in many ways. And, you know, like that's how we're identifying. But then there's a positive in if it does become more like mainstream, like, yeah, there's just sort of, you know, like you're saying, like there's hotels that you stay in. You don't have to worry about them being LGBT friendly. Like that's what you'd want the future to be like, but you also don't want to lose sort of that authenticity of like who we are and like why we're different or why we like have fought for what we fought for. Yeah. I find that there's also things that the gay community has pushed on, you know, all of a sudden you hear more and more, about now, like you hear about straight people that have, you know, their they have their relationships are defined differently than just the regular, you know, marriage or whatever. And it's kind of interesting. I, I worked with somebody at an office in California who, you know, they before there was uh, gay marriage, they there was just the domestic partners and they took advantage of it as a straight couple. 
so that they could work on the benefits and all that without going, you know, the full hog into marriage. And it was just kind of, and it's like, well, you wouldn't have even had that opportunity to do that if it wasn't for the gay rights push and then stupid politicians finding a halfway point. But still it was like, see your benefit, you're riding on the back of, of the movement too. So, but it'll be interesting to see in the future how different things and in relationship dynamics change and everything, you know, throughout as everything starts to integrate more. I think um, as performers and as creators, like the greatest thing we can do is to showcase a diversity of stories. And I think with that, we can simultaneously normalize and keep our identity. Like we can have projects like Flying High with Charlie, which are more lighthearted and fun and comedy and like where like the the aspect of the characters being gay isn't like the fact like them dealing with being gay is not the focus of the story. But then you can have something like Disposable Teens, their other series, where the focus is completely on that and coping with family relationships as a result of it. I think with as much diversity in terms of storytelling like that, we can keep both and have both as a part of our community. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's also like, going back to something that was said earlier, it's like when... Uh, Brandon was talking about a great web series of being a gay actor, having gay actors, a gay, you know, like for me as performing on Charlie, it felt so normal because Mm -hmm. it didn't feel different that it was gay or straight. It just felt super normal for me because I, having had done uh, comedy and did so many different types of shows, it's like, oh, this is just another dynamic that I get to play in. And that's part of the fun. And hopefully that's kind of like what the, what is captured in uh, film, television, web series, internet, as uh, it going forward. I, I think that uh, a lot of the arguments for, uh, I'm also Filipino, and a lot of the arguments is that people want to fight for shows where being Asian isn't the center of the story, but it's just a simple part of it, where you're just a normal person in that. And hopefully we also get to that point where it's like, oh, he just happens to be gay. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a will and grace defining moment. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree on that. Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. It's been great. Where can our listeners reach you? So they can go to a bunch of places. So com, of course, and then TV is the name of our YouTube channel. It's our Facebook. It's our Twitter. It's our Instagram. So just, you know, looking for TV on any of those services, they will find a way to find us. <laughs> awesome. I'll also, yeah, I was gonna say, I'll also link it when I do post. Awesome. Great. Listeners. Thank you again so much for tuning in. You can find us as always on naked and on iTunes, Stitcher and pocket casts, social media. Instagram is naked and inside out Twitter, naked underscore inside out Facebook and Tumblr is just naked and inside out podcast. Looking forward till next time until then. Thanks.